Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want to take the next couple of moments to wrap up today's service. If you're watching online, I want you to know there's a verse, and I think it really connects to her story, to really, to all of our stories. And let me just say this, God wants to give each and every one of us a special story. A story of how we met him, a story about how he touched us, and a story of, of, of how he transformed our lives. And the Bible says in Psalm 145, 18, it says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call on him. And here's what that means. What it means is he's as close as the mention of his name. How close is Jesus? He's as close as the mention of his name. The minute we say Jesus, Jesus is right there. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what, why I think that that's so cool. It's because it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how you're doing today. It doesn't matter the state of things. Let's take Amanda. Amanda was, was controlled by cocaine. Amanda was on alcohol. Amanda was in a relationship that was doing nothing for her, just taking from her, leaving her empty and broken. Amanda was pursuing something that as well delivered, not what she thought. How many know even people that are first place, they end up empty because the things that we attain in this world, they evaporate. We need something deeper, richer, stronger. Money doesn't do it. Power doesn't do it. Position doesn't do it. Uh, a pleasure doesn't do it. Sooner or later, those surface external things, they just wear out. We've all heard it. We all know the stories, even of the most rich and powerful people admitting that they found themselves in a place of emptiness. But the Lord is near to those who call upon him. And so all along, how many know, Amanda was on Troy Street and Jesus was right there on Troy Street. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want you to know today, God is on your street right here and right now. God is right on your block. He's right where you are. No matter what your street looks like, no matter what you're facing, what you're struggling in, great times, uh, horrible times, difficult times, for your fault, someone else's fault. How many know Jesus is right there? The Lord is near to those who call upon him. All you have to do is mention the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something, this, in my opinion, and this is part of why I became a Christian, this is what separates Christianity from all other religions or philosophies. 
So what I'm about to say, I, I don't mean this from a critical perspective. I don't mean it from a like, oh, we're better than them. I don't mean it from any of that. But I, here's, here's what I want you to think about this, what I was thinking about. I accepted Jesus when I was 17 years old. And this is kind of part of my process that I want to share with you. So I, I started to think and search about about who should I serve? What God do I need? And here's what I, what I noticed. I noticed that the difference between all of the other gods and Jesus is that Jesus actually came to the earth. He was a historical figure. He was recognized by secular historians, people like Edward Givens, the author of the Roman Empire and many others. And these were not Christ followers. But they did the research and they discovered that Jesus actually came to the earth. And not only did he come to the earth, but he performed miracles. Imagine someone who doesn't believe in miracles saying, look, I don't know how he did it, but the truth of the matter is, is that you can't deny that historically that Jesus did miracles. He healed the sick. He fed the thousands. He protected those who were being attacked and ready to be slaughtered. They brought a woman to him that was caught in adultery and, and they were gonna stone her because that's what the law called for. But Jesus stepped in and he protected her even though she had done ugly things. And, and he, here's what he said. He said, look, I've been around from the beginning and I will be around to the very end. I am the first in the land. I, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And guess what? Not only do I know her stuff, but I know your stuff. Everyone in this room, anyone everyone ready to accuse her. I know all of your stuff. So here's what I would say. Whoever has no sin, you throw the first stone. Because how many know we all have our fallen stuff, our junky stuff. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one here would want their private life played on this screen. If we did, we would empty this building in a New York minute, wouldn't we? But here comes Jesus. And even though we could be exposed, he comes and he covers us with his blood. And he says, no, I will not have it. I will not let you be shamed. I will not let you remain in embarrassment and in a spirit of rejection and in a spirit of despair and in a spirit of depression. No matter what they did, no matter who forgot you or who hurt you, I'm here to heal you and help you and lift you. That's why Jesus came, hallelujah. But then he does the ultimate, the son of the living God the son of the most high God. So let me digress a second. Um, so today is Palm Sunday. You go back 2000 years. This was supposedly the beginning of the last week. He was entering into Jerusalem and he entered in on a donkey. So if you go home and read about Palm Sunday today, it would be great for you to do that. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now, because people don't ride on donkeys in Chicago, we don't know what that really meant, but they knew what this meant. So what it meant was, is that he was declaring that he was a king and because he was on a donkey, he was a king who came in peace. 
Back then, if a king rode in on a horse, it meant there, would, there could be war. But when a king rode in on a donkey, he said, I come in peace. And Jesus was declaring, and by the way, there was a prophecy about this. So the people who had any kind of religious understanding, they knew this was, he was, he is enacting uh, the prophecy that was spoken of hundreds of years ago. He's actually saying, I'm the one, I'm the Messiah. I have come to bring peace. I am the king of peace and I have come to bring peace. So, so he rides in, the people are cheering in, in just a little while, in just a few days, they would be cursing at him. They would be, they would be uh, 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 ready to spit on him and all of the horrible things that he endured when he was crucified. So Jesus is arrested, but before they arrest him, the Bible says that a group, an entourage of Roman soldiers and, and, and people came. And Jesus says to them, imagine that night. And Jesus says to them, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. You can read this in John, I believe. And you know what Jesus replied? He said, I am he. And when Jesus said, I am he, he knocked them. They all fell down. The whole entourage, they fell down on their back. Knocked down just at the mention of his declaration of who he is. And here's what he was saying. He was saying, look guys, I'm going to let you take me. But just so you know, if I wanted to, I would knock you down. If I, if I felt like it, I could knock you down. But here's the thing. He didn't knock them down because he was trying to show them, I have a mission here. It's not that I'm too weak. It's that I've come for a purpose. See, Jesus was a sinless, perfect Lamb of God. Amen. And when he went to the cross, he was satisfying two things. He was satisfying the love of God. The next time you look at a cross, I hope you could see this. I hope you could see how powerful the symbol of the cross really is. Because the cross represents this convergence of God's love and God's justice all at the same time. Only God could figure out how to solve this dilemma. You see, the truth of the matter is, is that all mankind, because we sin, all mankind deserve the justice of God. The wages of sin is death. So here's what God says. He goes, okay, how do I spare all of these people, not just from death, but everything that brings them death every single day? Everything that steals life from them, everything that steals peace from them, everything that steals joy from them. How do I righteously, because God won't be called a hypocrite. He says, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send my innocent son to take their place so that every time I forgive them, no one could say they can't be forgiven. I will always say, yes, the price for their sin has been paid. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Legally, historically, logically, God took care of our biggest issue, which is death, 
sin and death. He took care of it at the cross. He was killed in our place. He was declared guilty so that Al Toledo could be declared not guilty. So he goes into the grave and on the third day, the Bible says he rose from the dead in power. And when he rose on the third day, he defeated sin and death. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so God removed the obstacle to my freedom, to your freedom, if you're watching online. He removed the thing that could keep him from coming near and turning everything around in our lives. Because maybe you are here and you do feel shame. Maybe you're here and you never did learn how to receive love because you weren't given love. Maybe you're here and in a way you don't have a ring that you can't get off, but you have a different kind of handcuffs that you can't get off. Handcuffs of anger, handcuffs of unforgiveness, handcuffs of addiction, handcuffs of, of pride, handcuffs of jealousy, handcuffs of fear. The Bible says, whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus came to set us free. And it happens. It's simple. He's near to anyone who calls upon him. Anyone who calls upon Jesus as Lord, they shall be saved and it was it's always been the same the purity the power of this special story here's what it says when Jesus was on the cross and I'm telling I want to speak to someone who's watching online maybe you're isolated maybe you're in a car maybe you're in your apartment maybe you're in an office and you know what you feel alone i want you to know jesus is right there i want you to know no matter what you brought into this building it could be years of darkness years of whatever it is jesus already knows he is the king of glory he is the most high god he is the Alpha and the Omega. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He already knows where you're going to be tomorrow. He will be there when you get there. And despite our hardships and our difficulties, He's already made a way through His blood for us to be cleansed, for us to be full and free. So look, I wanna say one more quick thing to you and then we're gonna close. How do you become a Christian? The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I love this passage, okay? I love it because it's so accurate. It's so accurate. 
So Jesus, he rises from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but then he sends his Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus could be everywhere, near everyone at the same time. It's because he sent his Spirit. And the Bible says, I stand at the door and I knock. And he says, anyone that will open the door. Where's he knocking? Where does Jesus knock? Like, did he knock on the front door? Does he knock on the side door? Knock on your car door? No. He knocks on the door of your heart. And he says, anyone that will let me in, I will be with you forever. And here's what happens. The Spirit of God comes into your heart. And when the Spirit of God comes into your heart, you start to experience peace from the inside out. After all of the years, no other religion, no other philosophy can do that. People teach you ways on the outside to try to find peace. Why don't you try meditation? Why don't you try um, singing, saying good things to yourself? All of those things could be helpful. But the difference between us trying and trying to attain stuff on the outside, I'm telling you right now, when Jesus comes in, you have the Prince of Peace on the inside, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Number two, purpose and plan. Like finding your true purpose and plan, the reason that you were created. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were not a mistake. You were created by the Most High God. It was His will that you would come into this world. And He created you for great things, for purposes that would bring Him glory and bring you joy and strength and peace. And you're like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Doesn't matter. When Jesus comes on the inside, the lights start to turn on and his spirit starts to guide you. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. How many know God starts to order your steps when you receive him? Then he starts to lead you and guide you. The Lord is your shepherd. He will lead and guide you. The Lord is your shepherd. Jesus wants to be your shepherd. Man, what a relief that is to have God leading you and showing you. And then here's the last thing and then we'll close with this. You get peace on the inside. You get purpose on the inside just by your relationship with God. But then you have his power and strength. It comes from the outside and it fills your life. So when you say, how does a person get off of cocaine? Like, you know, here's the irony. I have a family member who once told me when someone get hooks, gets hooked on drugs, crack, I forget what it was back then, We're going back 20 years or so, more than, no, 30, wow, 30, I'm getting old. <laughs> Long time ago. Once you get hooked on that, they, the people can't get free from that, you know? The irony is that same person years, years later ended up hooked. Years, and after those years, they accepted Jesus and Jesus set them free. Hallelujah. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know why? Because he brings his strength and power with him. So you're like, I don't know how to love my family. He brings his strength and power to teach you how to love your family. He teaches us how to be different people. And the things that we used to be slaves to, we don't even, they have no power over us. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There is power and strength so that you could become everything that God meant you to be. It's the complete package. And only Jesus really claimed to do that. And so it's simple. You accept Jesus into your heart. You invite him in. So Amanda did it in her apartment. I did it actually when I was 17 on a baseball field. I needed Jesus. I was on a baseball field. I needed Jesus. And you know what? I called on Jesus right there. I don't know when Pastor Dave did it or Pastor Tim did it, but we all have our moment. And so to accept Jesus is to start a relationship, not a religion. Amen. Hallelujah. Religion is man trying from his own strength to please God, to get his approval and his forgiveness. What separates Christianity from all others is that he starts a relationship and he does it all. Hallelujah. I know it was the blood.